This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Things are tight, oh, super tight in Serie A as AC Milan take advantage of Inter and Napoli drawing blanks. Juventus gets a late one against Atalanta. We touch base on Champions League teams and how they did this past weekend. Chelsea do a Leo DiCaprio and Titanic and are indeed kings of the world. We continue to be haunted by the eternal question, I Liga? And birthday boy Jimmy Conrad gets a present from the Toon Army, Atleti and Roma. Amazing. The Kegel so weekend recap begins right now. Welcome to Kegolasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Kegolasso pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Kegolasso. Happy Super Bowl day. If you're watching, indeed, I'm sure you're getting ready with your Super Bowl party. Jimmy Conrad, birthday boy. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for the birthday wishes, everybody. The kindness that I've received from social media platforms and from you, Luis and Heath and everybody. I haven't heard anything from producer Des, so maybe soon. I'm just kidding, Des. Uh, no, no, it's been fantastic, and and I really appreciate all the love. It's It's been uh, nothing short of incredible. Heath Pierce, I'm sure you you sent him a message, right? <laughs> well, I, I did in a public forum on on USMNT when they, when they posted about him, because I actually think that's kind of a nice thing uh, to nice. do, considering, you know, it was hard to get tickets there for for a good while, but they, followed, uh, they finally followed me back. I, a U.S. men's national team Twitter account finally followed me back, which that that's makes great. Me yeah, warm and but I will say, wait, 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 time out. In the that's run of when show. the USMNT followed you back. Yeah, they didn't follow me back. I don't think they follow me still. It's a tough follow. It I think on Instagram, follow. maybe on Twitter. I don't know. One of the two, but like, Boys, I know, but both of you have played for you. I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Oh my God, things are tight. I'm going to write a really angry. Well, it's because we're now. We, take, we take shots at them every once in a while. Hey, so can I like also a... just say that Jimmy's birthday passed? Like, it was yesterday. You know, <laughs> it's not like, like it was a week ago. Listen, then schedule a show on his birthday, okay? It's not on his birthday. <laughs> It's, you know, we'll catch him next year. You know what I mean? All right, fair <laughs> enough. The birthday has gone, and we move over to the other birthdays, Heath's and mine, and we'll talk about it later as well. But welcome, everybody, to the Kegolasso Weekend Recap. Happy Super Bowl. They, uh, thank you so much for being part of the family. As I mentioned, Kegolasso Pod on Twitter and YouTube.com. Hey, help us get to 10,000 subscribers. We're getting very close. And if you have a question about anything, Please ask today, get involved, share, share a comment for Heath, Jimmy, and yours truly. Let's begin. Seria, part of Paramount Plus's family, of course. It is a tight, tight, tight race. Atalanta, Atalanta were on their way of winning against uh, Juventus 1-0, and then Juventus had other plans. That's one all. Milan beat Sampdoria, the new league leaders, by the way, because they take advantage of Napoli and enter drawing. And let's get those uh, results or the table, Des Norris, up on the screen as we discuss. Heath Pierce, let's begin with you. AC Milan, I thought they were going to win this thing at the beginning of the season. I think you too as well. What say you? Do they have a chance? 
I mean, I, I definitely think they have a chance. I think there's a new instilled confidence, you know, uh, in these last few weeks. You can just see a different belief system. And they're winning in a number of different ways. Obviously, this one, Rafael Leao, who's been on a blinder. And again, I've, I've forgotten the stats. I think it's five goals, three assists in the last eight games that That's uh, producer well done. shared over with me. Um, but they've been good. You know, they, they, they beat Inter. Uh, they battered Lazio in the cup. Uh, they drew with Juve. And now to get uh, uh, be able to, to to score early and figure out ways to stay in games and and to win games that are going to be a little bit tight granted against the Sampdoria side, I think it's uh, it's huge. And obviously they've got Inter coming up in 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 the in the cup semis, and that's going to be big for them. But when I look at just the run of the season, Napoli are going to be big competitors, obviously. But Inter's just got a really difficult calendar, and obviously that could that could change quickly if if they go out of if they go out of of, of Europe. Uh, in this next round, but AC Milan seem primed in terms of the schedule that they have left, who they have to play, who they have in these next games to be able to consistently kind of keep up the pace, if not maybe go on the front end of the pace. But there's just definitely been a little bit of a change of of attitude, of mentality. These are the kinds of games that maybe if they score early, and I know Jimmy talks about this a lot, and maybe hey, you score early, now you go, what do we do now? We've got to defend for 80-plus mm-hmm. minutes, but now their mentality seems to be on the positive that, like, hey, we're up 1-0, let's hold on to this lead for the next 83 plus minutes and I think that's been a little bit of a shift so they've certainly got a chance and I continue to think that that um that that you know I said I said AC Milan early on too and started to doubt that but I I, I do believe that there's a a new uh, instilled confidence that they can pull this off yeah I'm cautiously optimistic for uh, my Milan friends out there that support the club because there is enough of what Heath is saying for them to go on a run they don't have any more European competition they have the Milan Derby over two legs in the Coppa Italia semifinals, as he mentioned. They don't play Juventus throughout the rest of the season. They will have Napoli away, which will be a difficult one and could prove to be quite vital. And they can win that. And they and lost things- to Napoli in the first time around, I think, just before the, before the end did. of the year. They did. You're right. 100%. And you know what I like about them is that they can change their their front line. They have enough players, enough options where maybe they didn't before. They'd have to rely heavily on one particular player or just on set pieces or a certain style but now they can hit you with layout All right if he's not working well Giroud and Zlatan your two older guys up top can maybe save the day you got Junior Messias who's come from nowhere Brahim Diaz has been a revelation uh, Sandra Tonali I think is also underrated in this whole thing last year he looked a little bit unsure of himself this year I feel like he's really locked down the spot losing uh, Simone Kier in the back I think hurt them a lot but Romanoli's really now stepped up and started to get a little bit more consistent with Tamori next to him and I really think, and we can say this probably about a lot of teams as we hit the stretch run and, and, and all over in all the leagues, you're only going to be as good as you're defending. And, and if they can just lock it down and keep that mentality that Heath was talking about, they're going to always position themselves in a, in a spot to win a game because, and you got Franck Kessier as well. I mean, you got plenty of guys that can hurt you and, and do special things for the club. And if you just do it and we're good defensively, you're always going to have a chance to score with these front players. Yeah, and the key thing, as you mentioned, Jimmy, is no Europe for them, which, as Inter proved last season, it can be a good thing. Thank you for everybody watching, uh, especially our loyal watchers, Ilias, Natalie, Michael. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Hey, listen, hit us up with any questions or comments. We'll show them up, even if uh, Jimmy, Heath, or I can't read them, but we will show to put them up on the screen. If you say anything bad about Aston Villa, I will make sure that you leave. I agree with you. We were horrible. We will talk talk about that later on but let's focus a little bit more on Serie A because Juventus it looked it looked Heath Pierce that it was done but Atlanta you know without one nothing but Danilo got that stoppage time uh you know equalizer which secures the fact that they stay fourth that's massive 
I think, even though that it's February still, that those little things count, Heath Pierce, making sure that they retain a spot like fourth. Yeah, it's one of those things where you you look at it and you look at the form that that Juventus are in and the quest that they're on. And you go, oh, you know, they should have gotten three points. We talked about this in the preview of saying, okay, you're playing against an Atalanta side. If and Jimmy mentioned it in the preview of like if Atalanta was playing away, sure they win this game, but they're playing at home. But you could see Atalanta have some really home form for some decent stretches there. I thought Juventus started the game well, then it went into Atalanta's hands. Second half, same thing, kind of went back and forth. And to be able to pull that off, especially given that the game or the context of the game was that they were down going into the closing moments to be able to scrap that out. Sometimes you just got to celebrate those types of moments, knowing that three points would have been great, Jimmy. And <clears throat> But ultimately, they fall short of the three points. But I mean, you can steal a point knowing that a team's got it in the hand. It feels like a win at times, right? And still momentum sure. forward, at least in my opinion. No, it's it's interesting. And, and we're getting a, a shout here from George saying, I don't know why people are picking Juve to win the league. They're still pretty far off of it, but there's something about this team that I think can't be denied. And, and if you look at the fact that they added a Vlahovic and a Zakaria to their team, they just got stronger in, in areas where they needed to get stronger. And yes, when I look at the table, what are they, seven points off the top? They can make that up quite quickly because they're nine points off the top. And and they they can still chip away. And I, I, don't, I wouldn't rule them out completely. Now, I had Juve... I think winning the league, which now I feel ridiculous even saying that because I thought Ronaldo was going to go out in a blaze of glory and I had all these reasons why and now I look like a good goddamn idiot. But I didn't know what Simone Inzaghi was going to do with Inter Milan and, and I think uh, Inter has shown very, very well underneath them. But with regard to Juve, they haven't lost in the league since November 30th and, and that was to Adelanta at, at home, 1-0. And I feel like they're just a different type of belief in the team right now. And if they can just go on that run, because these other teams are going to drop some points, I think we could see them hanging around with a couple games left to go. And then based on their experience, especially with their core players, you, you can't sleep on guys that know how to win championships. Heath uh, and Jimmy, at the same time, let's just focus on this, uh, you know, this table, Milan, Inter, Napoli, Juventus, Atalanta. Do you see any major shifts, especially as the Champions League comes back? Jimmy, I'll draw back to you and then Heath, you add. This is tough. You know, I know Inter's got two tough matches against Liverpool, but they do have depth. And and they have seen guys like Alexis Sanchez pull some magic out of their butts when you thought, eh, the guy's probably washed. But they they have figured it out, figured out ways to to have success. Ed Dzeko was was secondhand goods now for Roma. And now look at this guy. I mean, he's just banging in the goals and scored a big one against Napoli this past weekend. Very well taken to, to get them even with points when they had a terrible first half, but a great second half. So they're another team that I think has some depth, has some options. That depth is going to be tested to your point, LME, as they take on Liverpool. If, they, if you get knocked out at this point, the first time in the knockout rounds in 10 years, I don't think anybody's going to blame them or, or be mad or disappointed. I guess it depends on how they lose. But but when it, if they get knocked out, it's just going to allow them to refocus on Serie A. I still think Inter are, are the team that probably has what it takes to win, but I don't know. I guess I could, it's so wide open. This is my favorite league to watch in all of Europe right now. Yeah. The thing that I would say is, is I don't think Juve have the, I think Juve have the ability to have a form that puts them in contention. But if you just look at the form of both Milan teams and, and Napoli, I just don't see how they're going to drop enough to allow Juve back into the conversation. I think Juve sure. could, could go on an incredible run for the rest of the year and finish in the top two or three, but to assume that three teams that are all actually in good form right now are going to drop off to allow that mm -hmm. gap to close and be passed, I think it's just a little unrealistic considering you look at this Juventus match against Atalanta and you go, well, I think they should be happy with a point because it could have gone either way into this one. And again, they have a, a, a favorable... I mean, most of these teams have favorable schedules, right? To see out the year in terms of who they're playing against. But 
when I think about uh, Inter Milan, as Jimmy mentioned, I think in the, uh, the first half of that game worries me in terms of Inter Milan's form. They haven't been great since the new year. They've been getting results, but they haven't been great. And the fact that they're having to sort of claw their way out of these types of things, uh, I think, well, that could be looked at as a positive. But at the same time, when I when I when I looked at Inter Milan in the past, and I go, man, it's just really hard to re- rule them out or bet them uh, r- bet against them. I see AC Milan with a different type of tone or attitude, almost like they're trending upwards. And Inter Milan, even though they're getting results, haven't been great in terms of their their actual performances, the the, the way in which they're they're getting results, uh, a little bit trending downward. And so, you know, they were, it was a full side, full strength Inter Milan side playing against a full strength Napoli side, and 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 I thought that Napoli again showed more. Obviously, full strength being that they had Koulibaly back, they had Osiman back, which is a huge difference than than I think the rotating cast of characters that Inter Milan have in terms of depth. But yeah, I'm I'm a bit worried about Inter Milan just in general in terms of their quote unquote form and 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 needing to rely on that form to be able to get results for the rest of the year. So I could see them dropping off a little bit, but I don't see Juventus being able to make their way. And you got to add their Champions League fixture, the fact that they got to play Milan in the cup. It's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it's going to be tough. And we probably should give some love to Napoli here too, because uh, Luciano Spalletti, the manager has done a tremendous job with them and giving them that belief that they possibly could do it. They had a hot start, then suffered some significant injuries to some key players. Koulibaly, as you mentioned, now he's back. And I thought he looked fantastic. Maybe the man of the match against Inter Milan. And you got Victor Osiman, who's back up top and just such, a danger man for them. I mean, he 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 does things that allows and a lot of the thankless work, which opens up space for some of the uh, other players, the cute as a button, Dries Mertens and Lorenzo Insigne, Zielinski, uh, Politano. Didn't look great, but he's another player at times that can step up and perform for you. But Osiman is just, he's all over the place. And and you, if if you have to dedicate more than one person to him, it's just gonna create space for these other talented players to take advantage. And I think Napoli will be in the conversation as well. I think I think we can safely say that this league is probably going to come down to the last weekend, and that pumps me up. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, we're talking about the Champions League in a second, but, you know, Europa League and Barcelona hosting Napoli. The Maradona game is going to be kind of fun. And <laughs> and I was watching, uh, we'll talk about United in a second because we always have to, but United fans <laughs> fuming at remembering when United board were like, Koulibaly is too expensive at 80 million. Let's get <laughs> Harry Maguire instead. Yeah, how do you feel now, by the way? Kyle, by the way, when, when they were saying yeah. that, Koulibaly was scoring a goal a week on headers. Like, that was, he was... He, he which was is what United love as well. They love a defense. I know, it's ridiculous. And now, and now look, but anyway, let's discuss, as we mentioned, the Champions League. It comes back uh, this coming week, of course, on CBS Sports and Paramount+. Plus. Diego Lasso is going to be all over it, by the way, okay, with uh, previews, with recaps, and so much more. And, of course, you can watch the game on Paramount Plus, CBS Sports. We're all over the place, all over it, all right? So make sure that you stay tuned. But we wanted to do something special here. Well, not that special. Special for this episode, I guess. But, you know, on Monday, we're going to do a proper deep dive preview on all four of the week's uh, Champions League games. So keep an eye on the podcast feed and YouTube channel for that. But here, we wanted to just do, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That We're going to talk about the teams that are in the Champions League this coming week. Jimmy okay. and Heath will discuss. We'll all talk right. about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And the games, by the way, PSG, Real Madrid. I mean, that is clearly the highlight uh, sporting against Man City, Salzburg, Bayern, and Inter against Liverpool. So let's talk, Jimmy Conrad, first uh, of the good, okay, which is Man City destroying Norwich pretty easily for nothing. Cancelo didn't even need to step in. De Bruyne didn't need to start, etc. Salzburg 2-1 against Rapid Wien. Uh, a goal for Aronson, by the way. And Paris Saint-Germain winning one nothing. Beautiful 
Mbappé and Messi performances mm -hmm. there at the death. And Liverpool winning uh, resiliently against Burnley. Uh, Fabinho making the difference. That's the good. What do you take from those uh, teams and wins uh, when it comes to the good, Jimmy Conrad? I would say that Manchester City are ridiculous. They are... They, they, I mean, they were peppering the goalkeeper for Norwich, and and I thought Norwich actually played really well for 30 minutes. They make one, like one mistake, and it's in the back of the net, and that's just how deadly and lethal that Manchester City can be. And and it's it's I, I feel bad for Sporting uh, at this particular moment. Not, not this game, Jimmy, against Norwich. Uh, you know, they really didn't. They just, I mean, it, I mean it's, I it's disrespectful to say they're B team, but it was like they didn't need to put like their their star players. I guess. It, uh, yeah, that, and you just. Did they even get out of second gear? I don't even Not really know. I mean, that's how ridiculous they are. With regard to RB Salzburg, obviously a uh, huge shout out to Brendan Aronson for scoring his second goal in the, the Bundesliga in Austria this uh, the season. So good for his confidence. We want that to continue to grow. And I'm only looking at the March qualifying window. PSG and Ren, when I watched this game, I saw good portions of it. Man, talk about another team that didn't really get into first gear and then decided at the very end, maybe we should maybe we should try to steal all these points. And they did. So fair play to them for making that happen. We'll see if they can. It's not easy. Even world-class players don't always know how to hit a switch and just can turn it on and, and go. So we'll see if they can make that happen against Madrid. And then Liverpool, I thought it was a really nice professional performance. Had that been Liverpool a little bit earlier in the season, as we saw when they gave like a 3-3 against Brentford or whatever, I feel like they would have got a little sloppy, maybe made a mistake, but they really, really solid and, and got the 1-0 result and you know, shut up shop and, and took it from there. So good, good, different performances from all these clubs that you mentioned on the good side, but uh, lots to take away from and obviously some positives that they can take into. Who impressed you the most? If you pick one of those four. Oh man, City for sure. I mean, it's just, it's just their depth on display. As you mentioned, their B team, not even out of second gear. And I know it's Norwich. Okay. I got it, but, but uh, not they're at home. Teams. They're fighting to stay in the Premier League. I know it's it's not easy. Even, we, yeah. We've seen other teams struggle uh, in, in those same situations when they should beat Norwich and, and it's not that easy. So I thought Man City looked very good and that's going to be a tough test for sporting. Yeah, I, I, I'd say uh, the same thing. Obviously, Man City incredible. And we knew as soon as the pandemic hit and rules started to change and not change in certain leagues that it was always going to come down to the not just the depth, but the quality of, of the depth. Mm -hmm. And Man City have had, and, and it's not their fault, the way in which their team got COVID was in, a, in an opportune time, the way in which they were able to get points when others didn't, postponements and all these things. They've pretty much had control of the, the situation. They've controlled what they could control and they've made the most of it, which means they're in fantastic form right now. And again, uh, going into uh, Champions League, it's exactly one of what you want to be. Uh, the, for, for RB Salzburg, that's the one that I would focus on for a minute. RB Salzburg have the league wrapped up. I think they're 14 points clear. The interesting thing about RB Salzburg going into Champions League is they're playing against, obviously, Bayern Munich, who we'll talk about as, as the bad, but it should be uh, the bad and the ugly in terms of their performance over the weekend going into a Champions League. But they play Wolfsburg from their league, who, who obviously play in Europe quite a bit, um, twice. They play them in the Cup. They play them in the league as well. And they're in second place in the league. And I don't know, and I would love your guys' take on this, if that's a good tune-up or if that's a complication in terms of, hey, we've already won the league. Is that a good thing to have a tune-up? They play them twice between the two legs of, of the Champions League. Or is that a distraction, right? When you talk about you don't have the depth that you'd have some of these bigger clubs. It's the biggest games of the season, them playing against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. And that's what's really going to matter. But is it really going to matter in terms of going another round because they're not going to win it? Or I, I, guess, I'm, I guess I'm asking the question. When they play Wolfsburg twice, obviously the Cup, I think it's the Cup semis, which is really important to, to, to win that game. But they also play them in the league. They're already way out in front. 
So is that a good tune-up knowing you're playing against the second best team going into another game? Or is that just like, hey, it's more matches. It's not opportune. We'd rather play somebody down at the bottom of the table that we could batter or roll out a second, uh, our, our second lineup and know we could get a result against. I think for leg one, I would rather play a team that's better so it keeps me sharp going into that first leg. Whereas for leg two, you could be a little bit tired if the game is in between, if it's sandwiched, you know? Mm -hmm. That that's where I'd rather maybe play a Norwich or a team at the bottom of the table. So I could rest those legs. So they're sharp for that leg too, because you're going to need a specific result, right? Whether you're holding on to a lead or you're going to chase the game, mm-hmm. but the one leading into the first leg, I'd almost rather have a, a, a team that's pretty good so that I'm raising my level to that. I don't have to like figure it out against Bayern Munich in this 15th minute when we're like, Holy shit, chasing the ball around. Like, well, how do we get back into this game? How do we get control of the rhythm? But you've already kind of established that and you had a good game prior. So I guess that's what I would say. I don't know if that answers it. Just no, I, I I kind of agree. I think it also depends on the kind of squad that you are, right? Yeah, I mean, that too. If, you, that too. if you are a, a team that is very comfortable with, the, you know, again, using Man City as an example, which is unfair for everybody else. But, mm-hmm. you know, they can rest certain people and have the different. But their mentality kind of always remains the same. It's just about, you know, the personnel that is focused and attentive depending on the task at hand. Uh, Thank you for watching, everybody. What Champions League game are you looking forward to most this week? Don't lie. It's PSG, Real. Come on. It's going to be the big one, I think. All right, let's go from the good to the bad. And as uh, Heath Pierce mentioned, uh, Bayern Munich losing 4-2 to Belgium. Amazing. And Villarreal and Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid not being able to win their 0-0. Villarreal, you know, all respect, they're at home. They, they got their own objectives, but Real Madrid couldn't get that win. So I guess that could be the bad. Which one uh, uh, doesn't impress you the most or doesn't impress you much uh, to to use a, a very famous artist there? And I, I always like to quote... Uh, uh, Shania Twain whenever I can. <laughs> what, uh, what's the bad for you? Is it still Bayern Munich? <laughs> it don't impress me. <laughs> I, I, I mean... So you drew against me no, I mean, look, look. It's Real Madrid. That's the most concerning for me uh, mm. just because, okay. you know, again, uh, I don't think Benzema played in this one and you're going into a Champions League. You want to be able to get a result, as Jimmy mentioned, against a top team. I think contextually... Uh, this kind Bayern, of answers Bayern's your question, is, right? This well, kind of answers your question about the form and the second leg yeah. and facing who you fit. Real Madrid, this is exactly what they're doing. They're going to face PSG. They Not a good result on the weekend. Benzema didn't play, you know. So yeah. this is a, a, an interesting point. Go ahead. Yeah. And, 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 I, and that's why, because when I look at the Bayern one, they're already way out in front in the league. They're not in real, real trouble. They beat Bochum 7-0. And I, I was thinking about this before of like, imagine sitting in the locker room, right? And, and they're like, Guys, we're, you know, you got beat 7 0 the first time around. You're like, it's it's Bayern. We're out for revenge. Let's take their heads. And like everybody's sort of giggling in this idea of like, it's Bayern. We're not going to, we're not going to beat Bayern. It's like, it's just not going to happen. And then they go and they beat Bayern pretty convincingly, uh, which I, which I think is really impressive. But for Bayern, you almost, almost seems like they read into their 7 0 win to start the season when one of their first couple games of the season when they beat Bochum 7 0. Um, like they read into that, like it was going to be a, a cakewalk. And, and Bochum certainly, kind of smacked him in the face. And I think, if anything, that was a wake-up call for them because they're going to be playing against a similar opponent in RB Salzburg in that they're good. They're going to be the huge favorites on both legs. And they're going to play against a team that's willing to scrap, that's not going to give you much, that's going to come out fighting in a different way. It's like when you play bottom-of-the-table teams or you play teams from 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 second divisions where as the level goes down, the, the fight and the scrappiness and that willingness to give everything goes up. And that's a different type of preparation. Now, granted, Bayern play against that 
half the table of somebody playing them that way, trying to get points against them all season long. I think this is a wake-up call that's going to help them. Whereas Real Madrid, on the other hand, I think it's it's a little bit worrying going into this game because you're also playing against, now you're playing against an opponent way better than Villarreal uh, that you've got to get up for this match. Not to say they can't get up for it, but I am a little bit worried about results leading into that. Yeah, that's interesting. I thought you were going to take Bayern Munich. Maybe that's the low-hanging fruit here. Without Benzema, it's hard to say what they would have done against Villarreal. Villarreal, obviously, in the Champions League knockout rounds as well. But Bayern Munich got to be disappointed, obviously, going up 1-0 off a Robert Lewandowski goal and then giving up four. And and doing it in a way that just felt kind of casual. Now, Manuel Neuer's not in. Sven Ulreich is in. I think his... Not that I think Ulreich could have made any of those saves or would have done a little anything different, but just the mere presence of Manuel Neuer, I think, gives your back line more confidence. And if he's not available, it's it's possible that Salzburg can kind of parlay their big win against Rapid Vienna this weekend and seeing what Bochum did to great effect and trying to hit them the same way. Now, I'm still not a big fan of whatever the cultural thing is in Germany about announcing your, your plan six months in advance. I thought Nicolas mm. Sula was just kind of off the pace. He didn't seem like he... This was distracted, right? And why wouldn't he be? His, his teammates already expressed that they were disappointed he was leaving Bayern to go to Borussia Dortmund. And that I'm not surprised that somehow comes onto the field in some either nonverbal or verbal way. And then Upa Makano, I thought, was really poor. And you got Teo Hernandez, didn't look great either. And not that I ever really rate him as a defender. I feel like he likes going forward more than defending. But they just were poor. They didn't make plays. They didn't really uh, have that urgency that I think you need. And And against a team like Salzburg, and Heath is right. I mean, Bochum had that energy that was necessary to go out there and get a result and finish their chances, ultimately. Salzburg can do the same thing. They've got some really special players. Uh, you got Okafor and Adeyemi up top, underneath with Aronson, and they've got, they're very well organized. So now I'm a little, not necessarily nervous for Bayern Munich, but I feel like I've upped my, my thought that maybe, maybe Salzburg does have a chance. And if they can scare them that first leg, Anything can happen, even though I think we're all sitting here going, yeah, 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 it's Bayern. Over over maybe one game, maybe, but over two legs, I think Bayern's class will show through. Let's not forget that Bayern Munich are one of three teams with a 100% record uh, in this season in the Champions League, of course, with Ajax and Liverpool being the other. So that was the bad. Let's talk about the ugly. I mean, this was crazy. Sporting uh, uh, against Porto uh, this past weekend. Sporting still six points adrift after throwing away a two-goal lead, but guess what? Four players, by the way, sent off. It was a 40-man brawl. The the ball boy got involved. It was it was oh, so yeah. crazy. And by the way, this was Pepe's uh, you know, he ended his run of 11 years without a red card in league. That was play. shocking to me Pepe. to read that, by the way. It was shocking to read that to not <laughs> like I've always associated him with a little bit of that. I know, uh, right? You know, so, so what do you make aggression. of that, of the ugly? I mean, what does this mean for sporting as they face Manchester City? It doesn't really matter at this point. Uh, it's Man City, Heath Pierce. You, you don't see anything but a Man City win, win, or am I wrong? I mean, Man City's playing away from home, so there's always an opportunity there. And when you look at the type or style of opponent, it's been this long run now away from Champions League, and it's tough to just jump back into it. That's why I think about Bayern Munich, and I go, wow, they haven't really been tested in a long time outside of their domestic league, which they're sort of cruising like pace for pace in, that if they got a Man City or they got a, a PSG or a Real Madrid, they, I, I think they'd be done. And maybe it means the same for, for RB Salzburg. Don't want to disrespect them. But when I look at this one, I'm like, uh, Man City have to have to play. So I think there's a, a way from home. So I think there's an opportunity there, but I think it, Man City are the heavy favorite. I think this is a distraction within the club. We'll see what the ramifications are that come out of this. Um, 
But I don't think there was anything that could have gone perfectly over the weekend that would have prepped them to play Manchester City. Uh, and and so I think this is still a heavy favorite. But it, it's Champions League, you know. We've seen this. We've seen this before. We saw Man City's uh, or even uh, PSG struggles to get through certain rounds over their history and that sort of stuff. So it's possible. But yeah, it's certainly not what you want going into your biggest game in, in quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this. But, uh, by the way, Jimmy, if you're going to brawl, then you should have 40-man brawl. Like, well, I mean, clear I, I, the was benches, give, you know? I was going to give everybody one guess as to who is the catalyst of, of said brawl. And Pepe is probably one of the first to come off of your uh, tongue when you say that. Now, apparently it happened at the end where he thought he got kicked in the face and he was looking for a penalty or whatever. And, of course, people are like, come on, dude, you know, get up. And, and that's what kind of kicked it off. I... I I think that there's a lot to take away from this game. Uh, Porto are very good at the Dragao, their stadium, and and are very good uh, just in general. I'm, I'm a big fan of Sergio Conceição and the team that he's built. And uh, Fabio Mendes, the, the number 50, the 21-year-old, is sick. He, he had a goal and an assist in this game, and he's really busy. Now, we're not talking about Porto, but I thought that with Sporting, they got off to a good lead, and they're away from home, and there's some confidence in how they play and the, the commitment that they had going forward. Because sometimes when you're playing a rival away from home, you have a tendency to want to sit back and absorb and maybe hit them on a counter and a set piece. But they went right after them. And I think that if you're going to try to shock City, that is the mentality you have to have. I hearken back to what happened when they played against Borussia Dortmund, and they struggled against Dortmund because Dortmund didn't take any shit. Remember Jude Bellingham's getting in Ederson's face? and I mean, they just had that attitude that I think you have to have yeah, you got a Mike Tyson. It. You got a Mike Tyson. You absolutely yeah. have to. If you sit back and try to absorb, like Norwich did this past weekend, City's going to ultimately break you down and wear you down, and then they're going to score and get what they need to get done. But you have to go out there and have some energy, and then and then if you can go get that first goal and make City chase it, maybe some gaps will open up where you can then hit them on the counter. But yeah, it's obviously a, a tricky tie over two legs. But if they want to do it, getting this something out of this first leg. Gives them a good chance to make that happen. Well, that was the good, the bad, and the ugly. Don't forget, we have a, a great packed Champions League uh, round of 16 preview coming on Monday. Jonathan Johnson will join us and we'll talk all about the games, of course. We're going to take a break. Well, that means an audio. It's an actual break. But what it means right now, it's a half a second break. When we come back, we'll talk about La Liga the Premier League. Nobody wants fourth, apparently. And our final <laughs> thoughts as well. Gigo Lasso Weekend Recap. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey everybody told you we'd be back very very quick and here we are here's our little plug by the way get ready for the big champions league game with pluto tv pluto tv is your home for premier pre-game Coverage. This is the first time I'm doing this read, so be quiet if I stumble. With Real Madrid TV, a free 24-7 channel dedicated to the beautiful game. Watch the match preview, Champions League special on Valentine's Day. Whoever had Valentine's Day right after the Super Bowl is insane, by the way. Uh, and that's at 1 p.m., along with a thousand and thousands of movies, TV shows, sports, news, comedy, and much more free on Pluto TV. Download the free Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start watching today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free. And that was it. All right, no more reads for me, please, Desmond. I don't want to keep going. All right, let's talk about La Liga. Oh, my goodness. Espanol looked like they had a win here, Jimmy Conrad, but Barcelona, Luke the Young. I think it went to 2-0. No, Des Norris, I'm reading. It's a big, big point for them. Jimmy Conrad, talk to me. Yeah, I, I well, they got off to a great start. And Pedri, who is only 17 years old, scored the goal in the first, you know, two or three minutes. I think he's probably one of their top three players, which is a scary proposition of how good he's going to be because mm. uh, he's only 17. And, and to what Heath said earlier, this Barcelona team is so fragile defensively they score early and they're like, uh, we got to hold on to this for what, uh, 88 minutes? I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> and, and true to form, they gave up two goals uh, to make that happen. Eric Garcia, for me, I don't know where the hype is. I think he's he's overrated as a defender. I think Man City giving getting giving him away for free. <laughs> they, I think they still won that, even though they got him <laughs> off the books. And they're just like, you can have him. Yeah, oh yeah, he's good. He's good. Don't worry, he's good. You yeah. can have him. Man City's like, no, sorry, no gifts, he's bagsies. <laughs> <laughs> they got to sort that. I, exactly. They got to sort that out. Uh, they're, they're back line. They're not alone. There's a lot of back lines out around the world that uh, need some help that could probably solve some of their problems. But Barcelona is definitely high up that list, and, and they're going to have to make some moves over the summer, I think, to strengthen and really go where Xavi wants to take them and, and maybe get back to what they once were, and that's probably still a few years away. But defensively, they got to figure it out. Ter Stegen didn't uh, you know, shower himself with glory in this particular game. But yes, the man, the player that you think, or at least I liken to Marwan, Marwan Fellaini at Manchester United is like, uh, one of these things is not like the other. Like, this doesn't fit the club. Luke de Jong is that for Barcelona. But the guy continues to score big goals for them, and that's another big one to earn the draw there in the 95th minute. Yeah, I, can I just point out that I'm I'm on I'm on the live score right now because I missed the last... Uh, Pedri's 19, sorry about that. Basically the last 10 minutes of this game when we were starting our show. <laughs> and in the 92nd minute, 
Gerard Piquet got his second yellow and sent off. Okay. And then, and and at the same time, got uh, Roboto got a, ye- a yellow. The ninety third minute, thirty seconds later, Roboto was sent off with his second yellow. <laughs> and then in the ninety sixth minute, Luke De Jong scores, and Morlanis gets sent off. There's three red cards in stoppage time in this game. Luke De Jong is uh, comes up as the hero from from Adama Traore, but yeah, it, it, there there is a fragility to them. And again, I I think it, we we had talked about this. Their first or Xavi's first game wasn't it wasn't it uh, against Espanyol? And Espanol mm-hmm. dominated that game as well. Like they got out alive, uh, Barcelona did. But but Espanol were were the the better side on the day. And mm. and and in, and in this one again, like you can't underestimate the importance of these local rivalries and derbies and the fragility of this team. Obviously, great Sergio Des back in the starting lineup, but never p- bodes well when your team gives up two goals. Um, not to say it's always anybody's fault uh, if they're not directly involved in a play, but never a good look when you're trying to establish yourself because that means your defensive line goes under the microscope and then perhaps they start to watch how you spend your time over 90 minutes, even if you're not involved in the goals and it kind of uh, allows you for a chance to, to, or gives a coach a chance to try something different, which isn't great, but yeah, um, overall, uh, good game. Well, there is a narrative here, just like Juventus, where, you know, the most important thing for Barcelona and Xavi is to get that Champions League spot. They are fourth with that. They do have a game in hand on Real Betis, who won as well, by the way. And what are the rest of those results or the table there? There's Norris in La Liga, because as I mentioned in our intro, birthday boy Jimmy Conrad, Atletico, what a game, 4-3. I guess they woke up, but they are fifth still just because of that point with Barcelona, some other results. Any takeaways, Jimmy Conrad? Anything else there from La Liga? Yeah, of course. Atletico Madrid. What? 4-3? What? That's not a Diego Simeone team. <laughs> yeah, like, win crazy. Four, three. Good goals, too. Very good goals. Angel Correa, for me, still probably the MVP of this season. He's been clutch pretty much throughout, and I wish he played a little bit more. But the fact that we're giving up so many goals, I say we because I supported Leti, but but it's just disappointing how that season's playing out. I mean, there's a there's a... That's a that's a changing room full of champions. They they are a team that won it last season, but they're not necessarily going out there and acting like it. Now it's as we all know, it's harder to replicate and to maintain that status than to actually go out and get it when nobody thinks that you can, right? Because there's less pressure. They haven't really risen to the pressure in this type of way, but it seems like every single game they have to scrap to score in the 95th minute to win it. And I saw some quotes from Hitafe afterwards saying we knew this is how it was going to be with Atleti. You can get after them, which makes me think that they're just not as intimidating as they once were. And mm. I think there's a lot of clubs out there. I'm looking at you, Manchester United, that could probably <laughs> say the same thing. But but it, it's it's a bit of a concern. And now they have some work to do just to scrape into the top four. Yeah. yeah. The, but the other thing that I wanted to say about that, and Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right on this. Uh, Atlet- they, they won at the death also, right? Yes. Yeah, yes, I yes, think yes. it was in, 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 stop, in, in stoppage time. And I think that's a... A theme that we're starting to see. We saw Juventus mm-hmm. get a point at the death. We saw West Ham point at the, uh, you know, getting out of it at the death. Um, we saw just, I think, what are the other two? Barcelona at the death. And then Barcelona there was one other. As well, yeah. I mean, it's that time of year where schedules are stacked. Pandemic is starting to catch up. People are tired. And like you talked about, Jimmy, with regards to Atletico Madrid, it's a very difficult thing to repeat. And and also the motivation, right? They talked about this. They talk about this a lot in the NBA when they have these stacked teams that it's like, it's one thing when you fall short it's another thing when you win it where you just have to start all over again. You start from scratch. Mm-hmm. And it is a long way mentally to go week after week after week of peak performance and the ebbs and flows and the stresses that come along with that. And by the way, when you're looking at that top four of Barcelona 
you've got Villarreal there still. You've got yeah, uh, Sociedad. Yeah, yeah. You've got uh, you've got um, even even Athletic Club de Bilbao as well. Yeah, on, it, on it, eight, is, yeah. it is very it's very close, and there is a lot of swing in there. That at first I was like, yeah, Barcelona are trending upwards. You know, they're doing great under Xavi. And then when you look at who's behind them, and that it's just simply a three game run of form or, th- or nine points in a row swings all of that and flips all of that upside down. It's a, it's a pretty scary thought if you're Barcelona fans looking at what you thought even you know kind of the just focusing on your form alone you go oh yeah we're going to ride this out into a Champions League spot but there's other teams in there that can do the same thing right now absolutely that's why I said in the intro I Liga well we will see as this keeps <laughs> on trucking by the way and as you mentioned Real Sociedad did get that win so they're still around even though they were much better earlier on all right let's leave Spain and let's go to the Premier League nobody wants fourth as I mentioned West Ham Leicester he touched on it the hammer spared blushes by Craig Dawson uh, but it stays too low against the Leicester City that really needed some results uh, with Brendan Rodgers knowing that he's feeling the pressure Antonio Conte on a three-game losing streak first time since he was a an Atalanta manager by the way and up next oh nothing but Man City away so good luck with that Manchester United won Southampton won uh you got to give it up to Ralph Hasenhutl by the way amazing and uh we'll talk about I, I want these boys opinions about the Ted Lasso comments on Chris Armas uh uh-huh. we'll, we'll get to that in a second but yes uh Newcastle three wins on the bounds Jimmy Conrad, well done. Amazing. Aston Villa, we were horrific. But it doesn't matter. Three wins on the road, Jimmy Conrad. Well done. So any thoughts from the Premier League? Arsenal, of course, were meant to play Chelsea, but Chelsea are our club World Cup champions, so they were a little busy. Jimmy Conrad, any thoughts from the Premier <laughs> of course. League? Hey, of but course. Jim, before Jimmy jumps in, I'm offended that you said nobody wants fourth because Arsenal would have punched Chelsea in the face. No, that's like, true. <laughs> that's, you know what? No, you know what? Fair play. I don't want the angry, weird <laughs> Arsenal fans getting at me, but you do have two games in hand, and you're looking favorites for fourth, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. That's right. Big time. Go ahead, now, my, my initial thought, was when I saw the result and I, I caught bits and pieces of the Tottenham game today because I was watching Newcastle uh, instead. But what I saw and what I saw what was happening, it made me think what, what the satisfaction that Jose Mourinho must be getting out of this. That, <laughs> that I'm so oh, it's not, it on his I don't know if he's got a lot of joy. I don't know, dude. I, what are you talking about? I mean, he, everybody he's thought it was He's loving every minute he's, of it. Of course he is. And, and he's basically said we didn't have the players weren't good enough. They and drew Sassuolo, like, though, this weekend. So it's not like I get he's it. Uh, I living get it. on a high. No, That's he's not living on sexy. a high. But there's got to be some satisfaction of a, of yeah. a you know, like a jaded. Yeah, he's I told a jaded, you so. Oh, Jimmy, know, 100% Jose Mourinho is looking at that result. Oh, of course going, it. Uh, so I told you it wasn't me. And so is Nuno Espirito Santo. We're like... See, it's They're, not me. Yeah. It's not the tactics. These players are soft. They just don't know how to make plays. Yeah. Can, he, so he, he's in his, his locker room in. saying, yeah, he's in his locker room right now after a game of drawing Sassuolo, Jimmy, saying, hey, it could be at, worse. At least it could be worse. <laughs> you could we be can Spurs. still manage your Spurs, boys. Let's get the, <laughs> get the drinks out. 100%. 100%. I, I, I need to be a fly in the wall in the Tottenham dressing room when he's like just going nuts because today was also listen Wolves are a very good team defensively but they were pitiful ones again they couldn't come up with you know enough ideas I mean it was it was bad Heath Pierce I know Arsenal have two games in hand the games from this uh, weekend in the Premier League Manchester United we got to touch on them for a second I mean you got to give credit to Southampton but Man U once again yeah, man, you are are very fragile as we continue to see. And and look, it's not like they've gone out and made a bunch of changes, right? I mean, if anything, 
more controversy has been added to just trying to, and maybe that simplifies things, but you still have the issue of like, whose team is it? Is it Ronaldo's team? Then you have the Greenwood incident. That's not a great uh, look for the club for a young player like that. And then I think um, Jane Sancho scored, which was, it's, it's, that's a positive, right? <laughs> Something to yeah, take out. Yeah, it was of, a good goal. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're just a mess. I mean, but the thing that I, w- that, that I took away from this weekend was, was West Ham. And the fact that we were upping a- Antonio so much. And Mikel Antonio has only scored two in his last 18 games across all competitions. But yeah. Bowen is rocking for this team right now. Which and now there's he's all these on my fan- for- He's on my fantasy team. Oh, yeah, well keep done, going. Jimmy. Good Thank pick. Should uh, be called for England for the next friendlies, I think. Should. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's big, there's legitimate shouts for that. He's got nine assists on the season. I think he's got seven goals in his last eight games across all competitions. Granted, a couple of those are... Are, uh, are easier games, but no game is easy when you're trying to prove yourself. And I, I just think that that's a huge thing for, for West Ham when you think about the fact that if you took him out of that goal production, and it's a stupid argument to make, and Mikel Antonio is not in the form that he once was when he was breaking the record and he was kind of the talk of the town. We had him top of our CONCACAF power rankings and all of this stuff. Um, you, where would they be, right, mm-hmm. in terms of this top four uh, conversation? And so... To know that you have other contributors that are stepping up to carry that team, I think is has to be at least a relief for 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 the fan base to know that their production doesn't come from one person and they're not stuck on this thing that they live and die by Mikel Antonio to to get them the goals that they need to to, to finish in the top four. This season. They're still fourth, though, Jimmy. Yeah. Right? Uh, no. United do have a game in hand, but they're still fourth. At least that point guarantees them that. Yeah, I was just going to jump in and say there's a great stat on Jared Bowen, who apparently he's had a direct hand in more Premier League goals this season. Uh, the only other person better than him is Mo Salah, who has 25. Bowen has eight goals and seven assists. He's the only Englishman in the competition. Uh, he's the highest score, excuse me. Uh, English, uh, God, I'm saying this all wrong, but in the Premier League since the beginning of 2022, he's the Englishman that scored the most goals. So, yes, he deserves a call. With regard now, I'd throw it back to Manchester United because I saw another crazy stat too that I want to share because I think it does speak to some of the issues they're going through. For only the second time in their history in the Premier League, Manchester United have failed to win back-to-back matches despite being ahead at halftime in both, mm. having less done so in December 1998. So, so there's something clearly afoot with them. Uh, I do really, I, I, I don't have issues with Rangnick. I know I'm not a Manchester United supporter, and you know, there's it's probably it's the highs and lows of being that is is, is pretty dramatic at the moment. There's a no clear sense. issue though, Jimmy. But right? It's, it's a there's toxic. Something. I mean, what do, you, what do you make of the Chris Armas thing? By the way, then with like, the Ted you know? Lasso. Yeah, yeah. So, so I yeah, it's not great. I I feel like somebody said to me, oh well, isn't Ted? Isn't that a compliment because he's such a nice guy and he wants respect for the players? <laughs> it, it, and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's I, not a compliment. They're using yeah. it the other way, which is this guy is a happy-go-lucky American who knows nothing about the game. I promise you, that's what they're going. Yeah, one hundred percent. And, and, but but I also thought, okay, let's let's take Chris Armas out of it, and you brought Jesse Marsh in. I feel like they still would have given Jesse Marsh the same nickname. Yeah, right? yeah. there's an American. He's got, a, yeah, he's got yeah. a good energy. So I think. To, so I'm trying to like, is it just because he's an American, and and there's just that perception about what we know about the game and what we don't, and blah blah blah. So so I don't know, but but I think the bigger point. I think the bigger big, point ahead, is that there's no respect of hierarchy in that club, right? Yeah, now. but don't you think that the I feel like that's probably been called to. I'm, I'm guessing that like they probably called uh, Dane Murphy at, at Nottingham Forest. You know the same thing that if if the results were different, I, I would feel like you would still call people would still call him that. It would just be probably said in a different light. Now it's being 
used to drag him, right? Um, yeah. Unless, of course, it it's like Sir Alex Ferguson that's actually saying it. Like, yeah. anybody seen Ted Lasso around? I never saw, oh, let's call him that. Yeah, no, but I <laughs> listen, it, there's a toxic situation right now. To your point, I mean, you know, the, the, the other part of the article was that Ralph Rania gives him homework to do and all that, and they don't like it. Ronaldo doesn't look happy. I mean, there's a lot going on with Manchester United right now. Right. I mean, that's the, I just, that's the bigger look, essence. I mean, if you look at it, if you can if you can extract the emotion out of their situation, you go, oh, listen, we had plenty of chances to beat Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. Mm. We just didn't score them. We had plenty of chances to put Burnley away before they got back into the game, which both of the goals that they gave up in those two games was their first shot on goal for both opponents. You're like, OK, sweet. Now we got to be perfect in the back because our attack just isn't firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And then you got the Southampton game. OK, maybe they didn't have as many chances but they had enough to maybe you know squeak something out plus while this is all happening you have harry Maguire probably playing as bad as he has in the last few years luke shaw hasn't been up for it ronaldo's going through a super slump and he you know he he needs to do more abs or crunches to make himself feel better again or whatever the hell he does to he's make going that through happen. aging he's going through well that aging. too that too it's like <laughs> but jane, no way to but jane sancho that. jane sancho's at least benefiting from it because he's been looking yeah. Pretty good. Which, and, and what has been our argument this whole time, Jimmy? The, the very beginning, like Ronaldo's introduction blinded Jaden Sanchez's productivity. Yeah, and now because yeah. Ronaldo's not, it's just, it's just tough. By the way, Natalie, you a great, great comment, Natalie. I, I, they're just a bunch of Jamie tarts. <laughs> that's very, yeah, very, that's, very good. And, and right. uh, we, we've talked about it before. It's, that's not only the coaching and the players, but their, their transfer policy, like the players they brought yeah, in, yeah. they necessarily work. It's just there's so much to unpack there with Manchester United. There is. There is. All right. Well, listen, uh, let's finish off today uh, with our final thoughts. Uh, it could be anything. I mean, we haven't even really talked about, you know, Chelsea being kings of the world as they beat Palmeiras in the Club World Cup. Pulisic, uh, you know, any thoughts on that? How about Edward Mendy, by the way? Should he win Ballon d'Or? I mean, Champions League, AFCON? UEFA Super Cup, uh, FIFA Best, the Club World Cup, African Best Goalkeeper of the Year. It's quite a lot. Final thoughts here, Heath Pierce. Yeah, I think he should. But, you know, if if if, if he did, then what would happen to Lewandowski again? Uh, if, if just <laughs> He's like, him? I can't catch yeah. a break. Yeah, I mean, it, you're, it, it's, there's lots of stories. Just like second best for 15 years of, of your life, which would, would suck. My, my But my final thoughts are, Spurs, uh, I, I said I didn't like Emerson. He got dropped, and then they looked even worse. Uh, put him back in the team and give him another <laughs> shot. Uh, but after they play Man City, they actually have, um, I, I think it was, let me see, Burnley, Leeds, and Everton. So that's a window for them to be able to kind of right the ship or wrong the ship. But at least there's a window that they can look to to where they could try to hope. Because if they go from three to four, as, as I, think, I think you had mentioned that uh, Conte hasn't done that since 2009 or something like that. Three losses in a row. Mm. Um, and so if they, if they can bounce this, it'll be four probably against man after man city, but that could be something that helps them out along the way. Just wanted to point that out that there is hope, but I hope that they lose all those two. Jimmy. Yeah. I'm just going to jump in and, and, uh, for whatever you think about Roman Abramovich, when he bought the team at Chelsea, he wanted to make them one of the best clubs in the world. And he finally right. did it by winning the FIFA club world cup because yep. you can really then win the distinguished. You can't just say, Oh, we won the Premier league. We won the champions league. We're the best team in Europe. The Club World Cup does actually help you define that as all the top clubs come in. So whatever you think about that, they did it. They're on top of the mountain. They lost in 2012. They captured that trophy. And two of the most expensive transfers, two out of the top three expensive transfers in Chelsea history, Kai Havertz and Romelu Lukaku, both scored in that. So that money is well spent, Roman Abramovich. Oh, my gosh, Jimmy. No. 
No. I'm just, I'm just saying. No. I'm it's just a saying. Cup World Cup. I don't even know if the players took it that serious. But no, like, come on, man. I, no, Lukaku needed this. Come on. Lukaku, Lukaku I'm not, you, you can't call it money well spent. Yeah. You can. That's what – listen – all I'm saying, listen, whatever. I don't, I'm not an Abramovich fan or, you know, even though my, one of my favorite clubs is Oil Money Central right now. But, <laughs> but, but uh, and I'll raise my hand and, and own that. But, but he came out and said that this is what I want for this club. And he's yeah. done that. I'm just saying yeah. that the guy followed through on what he said and he spent like $2 billion to make it happen. So he wants yeah. Chelsea to be a staple of the global game and the Club World Cup, whatever we think of it, is part of it. And that's I, agree. It. I agree. I agree. I agree. Okay. That, Thank it. you. Thank you. Also, yes. just a shout out, Romelu Lukaku now has uh, over 10 goals, leads Chelsea in goals in all competitions. It's the 10th straight season he's done that. So fair play to Romelu Lukaku. Kai Havertz, another fun fact for everybody before I let you go, is the first player to score the game winner in the FIFA Club World Cup final and the Champions League final since Leo Messi did it in 2011. Pretty amazing. Well done, Chelsea. Next up is uh, Crystal Palace before your game against Lille. And that is it of Kigo Lasso. Weekend recap. We have a loaded week coming up, everybody. It's Champions insane. League content. Insane. Fabrizio Romano in the house. We'll have some weekend previews. So much more. I am not here next week, the following week. So these two are going to be taking over. Oh, no. But we have a massive. Uh, dun, they just dun, found dun. out. <laughs> they just found out, by the way, as well. <laughs> uh, but thank you. So, hey, Jimmy Conrad, I hope you listen. Don't listen to Heath Pierce. It's still your birthday. All right. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to milk it for all. Celebrate it like a I'm 17 year old on Instagram. Like they just they, they spend a month on the birthday. Like, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't agree. He, no, he, I, 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 I just can't believe Jimmy just gave Romo Lukaku credit for scoring <laughs> 10 goals across 10 all competitions for 10 seasons across all competitions. Jimmy. I mean, they played 10 Bayern. goals. I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm just I trying don't to care about positive. that one goal. I'm, ca- I'm talking about 10 goals for L- Romelu Lukaku. I'm trying to be a positive to force. For- I like Romelu Lukaku. I do and too. I just want to give him some love. Listen, he scored in both the semi and the final. And Baller. and I just think that whether. I love him as a player. I said that. I, I thought too. it was the answer to everything at Chelsea. So did I. Clearly he is. And so By the I'm way, still, only I'm 28 years old. Only 28. I know. He's got one more World Cup in him, I think. And it's this time around uh none of us have any world cups trying least. to build confidence over here Heath. <laughs> yeah that's true that's true all right well heath beers thank you so much for being here buddy thanks i guess <laughs> <laughs> jimmy thank you man happy birthday to me happy birthday to you jimmy thank you everybody make sure to follow us on twitter kegelasso pod we're on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your pods a massive week of action here at kegelasso make sure that you're with us throughout it all have a great great sunday night enjoy the super bowl especially the halftime show let's get it baby have a great great night see you next time Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 